Lord Jesus, it is you who wakes me up every day. And I am forever grateful for your love. This is why I pray. You let me touch so many people. And it's all for the good. I influenced so many children. I never thought that I would. And I couldn't take credit for the love they get. Because it all comes from you, Lord. I'm just the one that's giving it. And when it seems like the pressure gets to be too much, I take time out and pray. And ask that you be my crutch. Lord, I am not perfect by a long shot. I confess to you daily. But I work harder every day. And I hope that you hear me. In my heart, I mean well. But if you'll help me to grow, then what I have in my heart will begin to show. And when I get going, I'm not looking back for nothing. Because I will know where I'm headed. I'm so tired of the suffering. I stand before you, a weakened version of your reflection. Begging for direction. For my soul needs resurrection. I don't deserve what you've given me, but you never took it from me. Because I am grateful, and I use it, and I do not worship money. If what you want from me is to bring your children to you, my regret is only having one life to do it instead of two. Jesus, let us pray. Father, please walk with us through the bad times as well as the good. May we be heard and understood from the suburbs to the hood. May you judge us by our hearts and not by our mistakes. And see that we get a breakthrough, however long that it takes. May you fill that void in our souls that will lay our fears to rest. Because there's no way we can live for Jesus when we're living in the flesh. So I pray that you allow our spirits to be born, grow strong, move on, know right from wrong. First John chapter 2 verse 15. Do not love the world or anything in the world. And we know what that means. But listen, we know the distance we need to be away from fire to keep it missing. That doesn't mean we'll listen. Lord, you take care of fools and babies. You teach women to honor their men and men respect their ladies. But lately, so many of us have gone astray. Doing wrong for so long that we've forgotten the way. Please bring us back home, instill in us the word which is our backbone, which is children that act grown. There was so much that we were entitled to, yet we received so little. Because in this time of spiritual warfare, we're comfortable in the middle. So I pray that you open our eyes, give us the anointing to recognize the devil and his lies. If we keep our actions wise and our prayers sincere, our heads to the sky, you will diminish our fears. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed, amen and amen.
Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 192 of the Hoots Podcast. We are eight episodes away from eclipsing the 200 mark for this particular show. I want to thank each and every single one of you for your support each and every single week on the podcast. Um, the show is available to you on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Anchor, and a bevy and a copious amounts of streaming platforms for your podcasting pleasure. My name is Josh Lopez, but you can call me Josh if you want. I am on Twitter at the Hoots Podcast. Make sure to follow me there. We can chat about wrestling, sports, whatever floats your boat. Just don't be a Nimrod, all right? That's all I ask. I'm also on Instagram. Uh, it's at Joshy Lopez94. That's J O S H I E Lopez94. And I also have a music page on Instagram called Josh Lopez Music. On that page, I do guitar covers. And sometimes I'll sneak in a couple songs that I wrote or songs that my grandfather wrote. Um, this is a pro wrestling sesh life podcast for your listening's pleasures. Uh, this is a positive mental attitude zone. Um, while we also have fun and bust shots and laugh and uh, have a lot of deep conversations on here, I want you guys to enjoy your experience here on the Who's Podcast. Uh, please do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast right now on any of the podcasting platforms I just mentioned. Um, if you could, please leave us a four or five star rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps expand the reach of the show and uh, tells more friend and folk around the world what the Who's Podcast is and let them know who your boy is as well. You know, uh, I want to get some honest, constructive feedback for this podcast as we get ready to the 200 mark and... Um, I'd like to know what you guys like about the show. Anything you'd like to see me change as the years go by. You know, uh, we're celebrating four years of the Hoots podcast this year. It's pretty, pretty cool, man. And um, I'm very excited. Um, We're in the middle of the road to WrestleMania. And in about 50 or days or so, I'll be in Tampa, Florida for WrestleMania weekend. And... I'm holding on hope that I can come up with a bigger announcement as uh, the weeks come up here because I send out some credentials for WrestleMania weekend. If I get approved, you guys listening to the podcast and on Twitter will be the first to know. Trust me. So hold on hope for your boy Josh today. I can get my first media credentials since WrestleMania 31. So, <laughs> um yeah, I'm excited for WrestleMania. There's a lot of things around the um, belly of the beast of Twitter and just general podcasting conversation about what we're going to see at WrestleMania, what matches we should or should not see, who should be pushed, who should not be pushed, the whole jargon that you get with the bubble every single WrestleMania season. Um, later on at the end of the show, I'm going to give out my first mock lineup for WrestleMania 36. Of matches that I think will happen, not particularly what I want to see. And honestly, with when you look at WWE right now, there's such a roster uh, that's deep on both brands that it's nothing that you could say, okay, Alistair Black fights Andrade, and you wouldn't say that'd be an awesome match. Or you would have uh, Alistair Black. F- or my, my bad, you would have Andrade put his uh, U.S. title on the line against um, Humberto Carrillo, Garza, and Rey Mysterio in a four-way ladder match, you know, something like that. 
there's a lot of different options for Raw and SmackDown this year as far as match pairings and WrestleMania. Uh, that's something that I would like to do if I ever got into the wrestling business. It's not particularly saying, okay, this guy's going over this guy or writing out promos and that side of booking. It's just general match pairings. I think... I kind of got a good flow on how certain shows are structured uh, with doing these transcriptions. And part of me just likes, I want to be part of that process in um, setting up the best matches for television every single week. Setting up the best matches going into pay-per-views, matches that make sense for that following week's program, you know. That's something that I would like to do, actually. So, I'm going to give it a shot towards the end of the show. Uh, for those listening to the podcast right now, you can send me the matches that you think will go down at WrestleMania this year in Tampa Bay, Florida. On the podcast this week, we got the return of the Yon Club, which is going to be in the monologue. Also, we'll be touching on uh, this past week's new beginning show in Osaka, Japan. Uh, we recap that in the Pro Wrestling Report segment. Uh, we'll be talking about this week at WWE as always. Uh, we are about two weeks away from Super Showdown in Saudi Arabia. And um, before you know, we'll get to the Elimination Chamber in Philly in early March. So uh, we got to see what's going on in there. And also, uh, we'll be uh, talking about NWA Power. Always love getting some conversation about NWA Power. And then uh, before we get to that uh, final segment of uh, making guesses for the WrestleMania card, uh, I will be talking about chapter 18 or 19 of the Wednesday Night Wars. I kind of lost count. I think the holidays got in the way of that, but I think it's either 18 or 19 of the NXT versus AEW shows. So uh, I'll speak to a little bit about the shows I covered last night on my website, which you bookmark right now, ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. Uh, and the last club before we get to the monologue, I am on Hood and Lopez every single week on Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday's podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to that channel and support Hoodie. Uh, he also has the Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday show in between his Under the Hood show on ESPN 1000, uh, WMVP AM Chicago uh, on your radio dial, and um, it's Chicago's home for sports. That's the tagline, pal. <laughs> so... It is the return of the Yacht Club, and if this is your first time listening to the show, I uh, for about a good period of this particular show, I came up with a segment called You're a Nimrod. That's the definition of a Yacht Club. You are officially invited and inducted into You're a Nimrod Club. Uh, over the, a lot of the years of doing shows like this, the Pipe Bomb, the Pro Wrestling Experience, or the Josh Lopez Wrestling Podcast, I have taken upon myself to kind of point out the fallacies and the coverage that comes with professional wrestling and kind of the agenda-drivenness of people who claim to be media members but don't actually practice real journalism. Um I went to school for broadcasting. I have a license to be a professional broadcaster. And um, I understand the ins and outs of this uh, media business and the things and just the general aspects of the entire media landscape. And I understand that media has a job to call the questions and um, 
prod and get the news out to because they're the conduit to fans and conduit to people who support professional wrestling. Um, but there's also people who uh, take and abuse the privilege that it is to be a media member. And um, I think a lot of media members go into business for themselves, especially in the wrestling realm. And I choose to point them out because I don't think it's helping the fan base that we have. Uh, I don't have a fan base. I got good brothers and sisters. Those who listen to this podcast or check out any of my articles, you guys are good brothers and good sisters. You're not fans. So <laughs> I never claimed to be an expert. I never claimed to be a um, a journalist uh, slash reporter. I mean, if you want to call me any type of reporter, you can call me a play-by-play reporter, reporter since I'm doing transcripts like slash scenography, but... In reality, I'm not a journalist. I'm not an expert because I never worked in the wrestling business. I am a professional broadcaster, but I'm also a fan of this business. And, you know, it's it's very humbling to say that I'm making a living now out of covering the business that's provided the biggest mental escape in my life. Uh, the business that kept me smiling through a tough childhood uh, a business that I'll love to the day I die and a business that's never going away. And it it motivates me. You know, I'm I'm 25 years old. I want to get in the wrestling business. I, don't, I never wanted to be a wrestler. I just wanted to be an announcer. <laughs> that's it. And I, I probably should start reaching out to these promotions and stuff. But um, the moral of the story is I created this uh, segment called the Yacht Club to kind of paint a picture of the people like a Dave Meltzer, a Wade Keller, Brian Alvarez, people who are so stuck in their own world that they they can't see the bullshit and hear and notice the bullshit that comes out of their mouth. So I, I, I provide a platform where I could call out that bullshit and anything I see on Twitter, especially wrestling Twitter, since that's the gimmick that they play on there, uh, I could bring that on the table for shits and giggles and try to have more uh, constructive conversation where stuff like that and the negative dialogue that you see on social media is harming the enjoyment of wrestling. Uh, I think a lot of people are very clouded in their opinions in professional wrestling today. I think a lot of people only look to wrestling through certain lens of, okay, how's this was supposed to be booked? I think there's too many people think that they are part of the boardroom as opposed to reminding themselves that they're fans, that you can enjoy certain wrestlers and not worry about what their win-loss record is or how they're going to be pushed towards a certain pay-per-view. Um well, that's a fun conversation to have with you and your buddies in the background. I don't think it's something that you should take as life or death and make it the only reason why you watch wrestling. And I think it's an issue. I think a lot of people are very jaded and a lot of people are living and dying off the stuff that they read off the dirt sheets. Uh, I used to work on a dirt sheet, but here's the difference. I never wrote a dirt sheet article. All I ever did on WrestleZone was play-by-play articles. And I got grief at certain parts because my actual articles, they're actually pointing out the stuff that was actually happening, and it wasn't rumor or copy-paste stuff, was outdrawing the rumor speculation articles 
And at the time when I was at Russell's Zone, uh, I'll draw numbers of articles that included Roman Reigns because, you know, <laughs> the Dirt Chiefs had to come up with 10 different articles about Roman Reigns throughout the week just to fill up the need for the people to talk shit about him. I, guys, I understand how this works. Guys, the Dirt Sheets went out of their way to get any pub they could out of the Roman Reigns stuff when he was first getting booed and the whole thing about, oh, he's being shoved down our throats and meh, 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 meh. So, this is the Yacht Club, and our today our topic is Jim Cornette versus Dave Meltzer. So, I um, want to thank the people that uh, wrote down the transcript of this exchange that went down on Twitter over the weekend. So, here we go. Before we get into this exchange, let me get a swig of water for the working man. By the way, folks, for those who are thinking about considering doing podcasting or any type of broadcasting, always make sure you have water with you. It really it helps you out. Alright, here we go. So we're going to start off with uh, a tweet here from Jim Cornette. It says, Dave, I've been sick all week. I've been sick all week, so fuck it. You call this Harpo Marks motherfucker a goddamn genius at match layout. Better than Flair Seaboat? Blah, fucking blah. He wrestles sex dolls and kids. He's a phony con and embarrassment. Fuck him. Quit swinging on his dick or fuck you. Fuck. <laughs> you know how it is with Jim Cornette. He always got a... F-bomb for every five words that he says. It's a goddamn embarrassment to me. I told people for years you're a smart guy about wrestling, and now you got these phony play wrestlers so far up your ass that you're making an idiot out of both of us. If kids playing video games in the ring is what wrestling is, now let it die. All right, here we go. Here's another tweet from Jim Cornette. Ladies and gentlemen, I apologize for ever defending Dave Meltzer against people who said he was an idiot. Dave, I hope the balding fucks and Olivier sucking up to you are worth looking like a lunatic. Better than Flair, better than Flair Steamboat? How about smellier than my dog shit? Dave, you're fucking senile. It's not too many spots. It's blatant, it's blatant phony silliness and mocking of the business right out the open. And you know that. But you can't get over Olivier's jacket. Just admit it. For fuck's sake, act your age, not like a Japanese schoolgirl. And then he acts the, uh, <laughs> he adds the uh, hashtag, Riho. <laughs> um, Hoodie does a good Riho impression, by the way. Um, here's another tweet. Uh, there was really a big barrage of tweets from Jim Cornette, and I'll probably get to Dave Meltzer's side as well. I'm not defending Dave Meltzer, I'm just going to get his side of the story. It says, um, more like an asshole who lies because uh, he desperately wants to hang out with cool kids so people don't say he's out of touch and sacrifice all his credit to to say Harpo Marks is Frank Gotch. You know he sucks, Dave, and I guess you do too. Fuck you, lose my number. And then here's another one uh, tweet here. It says, Lies, you've only named calling to back you up. I've only restored to facts. You're getting more and more desperate here. Oh, here we go. Here's the actual tweet for Dave Meltzer. Lies, you only have named calling to back you up. I only resort to facts. You're getting more and more desperate here. One of us does a modern business analyst of value of demos and rights fees. 
Okay, let me let's take a pause there. So you're saying, Dave Meltzer, that you add value to the marketplace by mentioning demos from Nielsen. What value are you getting from that shit? The other screens, AEW, will be out of business by the end of the month. One of us understood the marketplace. I don't know you do, Dave Meltzer. Here's, uh, he, he continues. The other was clueless. I had hoped every week you would come around, but now you can't because you dug yourself in a hole. Please dig up and escape rather than continually dig deeper. You have a lot to offer, and your hatred is throwing it away. So, I guess you can get the gist of what's going on here. Anybody that has a common brain knows that Dave Meltzer has a financial interest in AEW. And his business, his newsletter, thrives upon building up the AEW brand. Brandy Rhodes was just on a show with Brian Alvarez the other day. Uh, most of the people who do the content work on AEW video or under stupid radio shows pump up AEW is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Dave Meltzer gets tiffy on social media for anybody who wants to point out flaws with AEW. And while, yeah, they're a new company and they've been on television for four months, when you call yourself All Elite Wrestling, you're applying elite standards to yourself. This is not all beginning wrestling. This is not all, oh, let's camp around and embrace the new kids on the block wrestling. You call yourself All Elite Wrestling. You threw these campaigns. You uh, have the launch of your company in the same city that SmackDown was on a certain day. You want to start this war. But you want to be held back because you're a new company. You don't want you don't want the actual coverage and criticism that you want. You don't believe me? Listen to a Tony Khan press conference, and look how sensitive he is. I am not going to come on here and thump the praises of Jim Cornette. I'll admit he cracks me up. I did like the commentary that he did on NWA Power. Um, Jim Cornette is not a morally correct person, as you can tell on his social media or anytime you listen to his show. But whether I disagree with his viewpoints, I know that he's speaking for himself, and I can respect that. I don't know what Dave Meltzer I get. And that's that's the big thing here. So you got two guys going back and forth with each other. Dave Meltzer is obviously friends with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and AEW. And Jim Cornette, like a lot of other people, are not just going to sit there and be like, okay, here's here's a new wrestling company that says it's going to change the game, but they do stupid shit that you can see at any, any other uh, independent wrestling promotion. Yet, uh, Dave Meltzer gets in a soapbox about it. I want to, let me pull up that quote really quick uh, for the last one from Meltzer. He said, um, I had hoped every week you would come around, but now you can't because you dug yourself in a hole. So he was hoping that Jim Cornette would dug himself out of the hole so he could fit in line 
with what he says because everything Dave Meltzer said and everything Dave Meltzer pushes out in the world on social media and on the internet is the gospel, which I think is nothing more than grade A, homogenized, Holstein, buttercup bullshit. And that right there is a line that I got from a buddy of mine named Brian Snow. So right there, that's the Yacht Club. Uh, Jim Cornette and Dave Meltzer going after each other on social media. I saw something yesterday on Twitter about a uh, possibility of uh, Juicy Thunder Liger and the Beltas going into the WWE Hall of Fame. I am going to the WWE Hall of Fame. This year it's going to be on a Thursday. I got some really good seats. <laughs> I think I might be pretty close to the stage, actually, if you think about it. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I, I went to the Hall of Fame in Orlando uh, for WrestleMania 33, and I also went to the Hall of Fame... Uh, ceremony in uh, San Jose. Yeah, I, I went to that one as well. So I'm excited to go back to the Hall of Fame. Uh, they already announced that Batista and the NWO were going to be in the Hall of Fame. And going back to what I was mentioning earlier about a lot of wrestling fans being clouded by their likes and dislikes uh, and not actually paying attention to fact, uh, facts and what performers actually do well for the company. Uh, there's a lot of hoopla on Twitter about the Bell Twins. Seems like anytime you bring up the Bell Twins on Twitter and their value or their work to what they did in the ring or their or their overall impact on the business, you get two sides of the fence. You got people who poke fun at the Bellas because they think that they represent what was wrong with the women's wrestling before the uh, Give Divas a Chance movement started. Uh, people go after Nikki Bella for saying that she played backstage politics and that uh, she used John Cena for leverage and used John Cena uh, to get her way to the top. Whether she did or not, that's not for me to say. I was there, nor do I really give a fuck, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, but when I look at the conversation of whether or not the Beltrans are worthy or not worthy of uh, being part of the WWE Hall of Fame, I think that's ridiculous. And it's also questioned their value or if they actually did anything in uh, WWE. I, I I don't think that's cool. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think that's right. I don't care if you like their characters or not, but to say that Nicole or Brie were not a positive asset to the company and what they provided for the women in the division... And outside of the division, where I have aunts and cousins who don't watch wrestling, and they'll ask me questions about the Bell Twins because the start of the Toll Diva shows and the reality TV shows that provided a platform outside the ring. Because, as we all know, when it comes to weekly Raw and SmackDown television, not every woman on the roster. Is going to have time to get their characters or their personalities over. So when you have a show like Total Divas or Total Bellas, that's where you have chance to make a name for yourself. And um, I, I just always get a kick out of the caddy. Oh, this person is worthy. This person is not worthy. Everybody brings up Coco. Beware other people that part of the Hall of Fame, yada, yada, yada. But 
to me, honestly, I think the Bell Twins are more than deserving to be part of the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I saw Nikki Bella get engaged to John Cena in person at WrestleMania um, 33 in person. And yeah, that didn't work out. But that doesn't mean that she wasn't worthy of going into the Hall of Fame. I, I get dumbfounded sometimes, guys. I, I honestly do. When I log into Twitter and I see what everybody's talking about, I just start questioning my, my sanity because... This is really the hill you guys want to die on? Why are the Bella Twins not worthy of being in the Hall of Fame? And don't tell me about their wrestling. Because Brie and Stephanie... Brie and Stephanie, man. Two people who are not well known for their uh, in-ring work. Have one of the best matches at SummerSlam in 2014. Nikki Bella had one of the longest Divas Tower reigns of all time and got way better as years gone by before she suffered some serious injuries that made her stop wrestling. So, in my opinion, I think they're Hall of Famers. And if they if this if this speculation is true that the Bell Twins are going to be in the Hall of Fame, I, I it's going to be a privilege to watch that in person. So I hope that does happen. And by the way, as I'm talking about the Twins... Congratulations again. Go out to the Twins. And uh, they're both expecting. So that's pretty, pretty cool, man. Um, as far as Liger's concerned, I love Jushin Thunder Liger. Um, had a blast covering his matches, uh, his final matches in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. And uh, he is a wrestling icon and definitely is worthy of being in the WWE Hall of Fame. So, um That'd be pretty cool as well. So I don't know how many people they're going to put in the Hall of Fame this year, but it should be a fun time. I I just hope they have a different setup when it comes to the stage because I don't want what happened um, last year uh, with Bret Hart to happen again. That was absolutely embarrassing. I like the concept of having the ring in the, in the middle. You know, the they had the different stage uh, last year, but um, I I don't know. Hoping they just go back to the traditional format. But, um, yeah, that's my thoughts on the Hall of Fame. And then finally, um, this is a little longer monologue than I was expecting to do. But, anyways, uh, the last thing I wanted to mention here in the monologue was the uh, announcement that uh, WrestleMania is heading back to Los Angeles for uh, WrestleMania 37 at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California, the new home of the Los Angeles Rams and the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, the event will take place on March 28th, 2021, with uh, uh, copious events taking place at the Staples Center, like Raw, SmackDown, and NXT TakeOver. And also, don't forget, uh, of course, you got access at the Los Angeles um convention center in downtown Hollywood so uh, that's pretty cool uh, I've never been to LA before I've been to San Jose uh, my sister my older sister lives out in Cal- uh, California she lives in Sacramento um, I've never been to LA before so it's something that I'm planning to do um, you know I was thinking about it because I, I didn't go to WrestleMania last year it was just too much money to go to New York and deal with the travel stuff from New Jersey all the way back to Brooklyn and all that hoopla there was no hotels to pay for it was absolutely ridiculous um, so 
I I told myself, you know, I'm I'm going to every WrestleMania now. <laughs> this is something for me. This is the trip I want. I'm going to WrestleMania every year. So I'm going to Tampa this year. I'll see you guys in LA next year. And it's something that I want to do. So this is something that it's a pack that I'm going to have going forward. And um, I'm going to keep going to every WrestleMania to to the point I start working on WrestleMania. So God damn it, I'm going to WrestleMania. <laughs> Alright, so let's get to um, this week in WWE. As always, make sure to check out any of my play-by-play transcriptions on ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. I literally have articles for every wrestling show that's on television besides Ring of Honor. Um, So we're going to start off here with SmackDown. Also add some different... uh, uh, Plugs in the Pro Wrestling Report segment as well. So, here we go. Uh, we had to return to the dirt sheet uh, on SmackDown this past week from uh, San Jose. And very, very funny segment. Of course, you got cameos from Last Storm, uh, Mr. Miz. You had uh, John Laurinaitis. Big Johnny! <laughs> people power! People power! Uh, and that was, that was pretty funny. Um, there was a line that um, John... Morrison said, I thought that was very interesting. Um, he said, hey, remember a few weeks back when everybody was booing us and now we have a movie and suddenly everybody wants to hang out with the cool kids? Okay, sorry to break your bubble, ladies and gentlemen, but that applause and acclaim would mean a lot more if it came from an educated group like the Academy. People don't hate the good, they hate the great. I thought that was a pretty good line, actually. Uh, obviously, they're Tying in the Oscars that just took place um, this past Sunday. By the way, uh, at the end of the podcast this week, I'm going to be sharing the speech that Joaquin uh, Phoenix did after he won Best Actor for his role in the Joker movie. I'm going to be I'm going to be sharing that speech at the end of the podcast this week. Um, we had the Usos take on Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Usos beat them. Pretty solid taxi match. Uh, there was really good, solid uh, TV matches on SmackDown uh, this past week. And sometimes it can get repetitive with certain pairings, but good action is good action. Um, Elias took on Cesaro. Like I said, good, solid TV match. And here comes the thing with the Elias. Now he's a baby face, and he's uh, getting the adulation for the crowd. But we also can showcase how good of a wrestler he is as well. And obviously, Cesaro can make anybody look good. He can make uh, Ultimate Warrior look like a five-star wrestler. Uh, Cesaro can make uh, the great Kali look like a great wrestler. <laughs> I'll never forget uh, watching the pay-per-view. I think it was a battleground or something like that. I watched the pay-per-view at the old Squirt Circle restaurant in Chicago that was run by uh, Victoria a.k.a. Lisa Marie Verone. Um, and Cesaro did the giant swing on Great Khali. Do you guys remember that? That was one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, we had the Roman Reigns King Corbin segment. King Corbin, of course, uh, all about himself and blaming Roman Reigns for all of his issues. Uh, King Corbin wants one more match with uh, Roman Reigns. Uh, he ended up uh, pointing out that the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl, which didn't sit too well with the people in the SAP Center, or as they call it, the Shark Tank. Um, 
he he dropped a drink on a fan's head. I thought that was pretty interesting. And then uh, Roman Reigns came up to beat up Corbin, and then uh, it, it was announced that at Super Showdown, uh, Roman Reigns will be fighting uh, King Corbin in a steel cage match. So I know a lot of people are kind of tired of seeing Roman Reigns fight King Corbin, but here's my only point to uh, to retort to that. When you watch Impact Wrestling, Rosemary has been fighting Sue Young and Jessica Havoc for three plus years. And I'm not saying sporadically. I mean nearly every week. I mean, <laughs> I know that we have short attention spans and we don't want certain feuds to go for a certain amount of time. But if you really think about it, and they've only wrestled each other a lot because there's always been a lot of taxi matches that got in the way. We only had two actual Roman Reigns King Corbin matches on a pay-per-view. So, this will be the third one. This will probably be the final one at Super Showdown. So, it really doesn't bother me. Um, we saw Heath Slater try to pump up Daniel Bryan in the backstage area. Uh, Heath, Heath Slater slipped on a couple of words, which got Bryan upset. That led to a match where Bryan actually demolished Heath Slater, so that was not a good, uh, that wasn't a good night for the one-man band, and then we saw, uh, Goldberg on the screen, Goldberg is gonna be fighting, uh, the Fiend Bray Wyatt at Super Showdown for the Universal Championship, and a lot of people are concerned, man, I've seen this whole theory on Twitter that, Oh, Bray's just only being used to uh, put on Super Showdown and to be squashed by Goldberg so uh, Goldberg can fight Roman Reigns. You notice how Rusty Twitter always goes to the well and the concern? I always find it interesting that their concern only surrounds Roman Reigns. Oh, it's an issue if Roman Reigns beats The Fiend at WrestleMania. Oh, the domino and the bad thing uh, is Roman Reigns. Is Roman Reigns that bad a performer to you guys? Like, <laughs> I I don't know what show we're watching. Like, Roman Reigns did not main event WrestleMania last year. He hasn't hold the championship in almost two years. Like, he lost to Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 34. Like, I, I don't get the whole... Uh, that's another show for another time. But as far as defeating Goldberg's concern, I don't think Goldberg is being Bray Wyatt. I don't. Unless Goldberg is showing up for more events uh, after Super Showdown that I don't know of. We'll see. But I don't think Goldberg is being Fiend. So we'll leave it at that. Um, we saw a pretty funny vignette with Otis Dosovich getting ready for his date this week on SmackDown, which will take place tomorrow. Um, Otis will be taking out Mandy Rose for a special Valentine's date, so that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, Sheamus ran through Apollo Crews, and then finally we had a fatal four-way match to determine the number one contender to the SmackDown Women's Championship. It was Alexa Bliss, Naomi, Carmella, and Dana Brooke in the main event. And I was very happy that the ladies got to main event SmackDown this week because I thought the show from top to bottom was what it was. I thought it was a solid episode on Fox. And the numbers on Fox were getting better as the weeks go by, so that's a good thing. But it was really nice to see the women get to be part of the main event. And any time that I get to see that gorgeous woman, Alexa Bliss, on my screen for a long period of time, I'm a happy man. So 
Uh, it was great to see Alexa Bliss in there doing her thing. But Carmella comes up with the surprise victory. So it'll be uh, Carmella taking on her former best friend, Bailey tomorrow night for the SmackDown Women's Championship. So that was SmackDown. Let's talk about Monday Night Raw this week from Ontario, California at the Toyota Arena. I thought Raw was really, really good this week. And it's been the case for the last month or two. Uh, You should watch the Red Brand. You don't have to watch all three hours live, but find a way, find a website that has the show that you can run through it in an hour or 45 minutes, you know, uh, skip through the parts that you don't like. And I, I really think the red brand's doing some really good stuff right now from, uh, high, high showcasing the underneath talent, uh, the main event feuds, um, the promos. I, I've just been liking a lot from what I've been seeing from the red brand recently. So, um, also, we had this feud continue out with Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens, and we had Samoa Joe and uh, the Viking Raiders intervening with themselves because they got the AOP and Buddy Murphy involved with the Monday Night Messiah. So, I have a question. Where is this going? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Like, are we going to have this eight-man tag team match at Super Showdown, and then they just move on to do their different thing? Because... Like, for Kevin Owens, what is he getting out of feuding with Seth Rollins? He's not going away. (laughs) So, I'm trying to figure out, like, what's going to happen. Is it just going to be Owens versus Seth Rollins at Elimination Chamber and they just move on from it? Or are we going to continue this tag teams every single week? Owens coming out having the same promo segments with Seth Rollins. Like I, I want to know where this is going. Uh, not necessarily that's a bad thing because I, I mean, look at the main event of Raw this week, that eight man tag team match. It was fantastic, and I, I, I've actually liked a lot of what Seth Rollins has been saying in his promos recently. I think one thing that does take away from the Monday Night Messiah group is Jerry Lawler backing them on commentary. King, you gotta go home, man. It's time for you to go home. You are bringing absolutely nothing to the table, and you're not you're not helping this group whatsoever with your commentary. <laughs> not not in one way or a good way. Um, I'm just trying to figure out where this thing is going with Seth Rollins and, and Kevin Owens. Are they going to fight at WrestleMania? Is somebody going to turn on Seth Rollins? Is somebody going to turn on Kevin Owens? I try to get some clarity of where it's going. Why, why is Kevin Owens so fixated on going after Seth Rollins? Like I, I'm still trying to figure that out. Uh, we had Becky Lynch and Oscar toward the house stop for the World Women's Championship. Becky was looking super hot this week, as she always does. Uh, Becky retained uh, by uh, painting Oscar v the uh, the rock bottom. After the match, we saw Shayna Baszler come out and attack Becky Lynch, so she made her Monday Night Raw return and bit her left, uh, bit Becky's right ear, I think it was, and then Becky started bleeding. Uh, she took a trip to the hospital, came back later. Uh, she says she uh, doesn't care what um, Shayna Baszler's moves are. Uh, she says that the man's going to hurt Baszler, so it looks like we will get Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler at WrestleMania. 
Uh, let me address the elephant in the room with the whole, is Shayna Baszler going to be a vampire or anything like that? Uh, did you see uh, Shayna Baszler come out with a cloak or anything or extra makeup that would resemble her being a vampire? Is John Moxley and Minoru Suzuki a vampire? Because they were biting the shit out of each other at the Osaka show the other day. There was biting... There was biting on Raw, on NJPW, AEW, and the NWA this week. So is everybody that bit somebody on a wrestling show this week a vampire? But but no, we only want to address it because it's WWE and it's Raw. Like, I... The assumptions that you people make these days are absolutely mind-boggling. Yes, I get it. That Vince McMahon loves uh, gimmicks and gimmicks that probably doesn't resonate with the wrestling Twitter bubble. But are we really assuming that Shayna Baszler is a vampire now? Like, come on, guys. I, I think we'd be smarter than that. Uh, we saw the return of the VIP Lounge, which I thought was a really good segment for Drew McIntyre. Uh, MVP can still cut it out of the mic, so it was a really good segment there. And then we had, um, just one second, we had um, Angel Garza take on Cedric Alexander. Pretty solid match. Ricochet defeated Bobby Lashley. Uh, Rhea Ripley still trying to get answers out of Charlotte. Charlotte can't make up her mind whether she wants to fight Rhea Ripley or not at WrestleMania. Um, let's see what else caught me off for Raw. Uh, I think my favorite segment for Raw this week was the Randy Orton Matt Hardy segment because uh, not only were they able to tap into some emotional history uh, with Edge and Matt Hardy and uh, give some little comments from Randy Orton, it, it's building up in a way. You, you're not getting all the answers you need for Rainier right now, nor do you need to, because we, we still got like 50 days before WrestleMania. But slowly but surely, more attacks happen, more and more Orion will explain why he attacked Edge the way he did. And Matt Hardy suffered the same consequences. So, um, uh,. It looks like we had the final sit-off for Matt Hardy in WWE, which is sad to see, but um, wish Matt all the best uh, wherever he goes next. Um, I mentioned the Becky return promo after she came back from the hospital. Here's where the updated matches for Super Showdown, by the way. Uh, Brock Lesnar versus Ricochet for the WWE title. We have the Fiend Bray Wyatt versus Goldberg for the Universal Championship. Roman Reigns versus King Corbin in a steel cage match. Uh, New Day against The Miz and John Morrison for SmackDown Tag Team titles. Andrade versus AJ Styles versus Bobby Lashley versus Eric Rowan versus Archer versus Rusev in a gauntlet match for the Tequate Trophy. So I'm curious to see what that is. And I'm sure more matches will be announced before we get to Super Showdown um, in two weeks from today, actually. So... Uh, should be a good card down there in Saudi Arabia. Um, so, like I said, I thought Raw was a really good episode this week. And um, it looks right now the, the the red brand's having more momentum from a popularity standpoint than the blue brand. Um, but um, I thought Raw was a really, really good episode this week. So that's my thoughts on this week in WWE.
Let's get to the Pro Wrestling Report segment. Uh, we're going to start off with New Japan Pro Wrestling New Beginning in Osaka. I just wanted to run down the matches that took place down in uh, Osaka because this was a really, really good event. If you haven't watched it, make sure to go check it out at jpwworld.com. Uh, Rapongi 3K defeated El Desperado and Yoshi Dabu Kanabero for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles. Um... Rapongi 3K will be putting their titles on the line against their coaches, Rocky Romero and Rusuke Taguchi, uh, in an upcoming event in uh, Corican Hall. So that's going to be pretty cool. Um, also, we saw the announcement that New Japan is returning to Madison Square Garden uh, on August 22nd for Wrestle Dynasty. Um, I had never been to MSG before, so I'm kind of hoping I get a chance to check out this event. So, uh, Wrestle Dynasty, um, August 22nd, New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, hope I can make it out there. That's, that's be a fun event. Uh, we had a couple of other good matches on the undercard. Uh, we had Abushi, Tadahashi, and Finjuice, uh, beating the team of the Grills, Destiny, Chase Owens, and Yujiro Takahashi. Abushi and Tanahashi are tag team now, and they're going to go after G.O.D. for the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team title, so that's going to be a fun match. Abushi and Tanahashi against Tamaloa and Tamataga, so that's going to be a barn burner for sure. Um, also, we had Okada and Osprey taking on Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. Okada and Osprey won that match. Uh, Jay White had a really good match with Sonata. Jay White picked up the victory there. Um, also, we saw Hiromu Tagahashi and uh, Ryu Lee try to kill each other in one of the craziest matches that I've seen in the last year. These dudes had the longest chop fest I've seen in my life. These dudes were chopping each other. This is a shoot. These guys were chopping the shit out of each other for literally like 10 minutes in a row. It was insane. If you haven't seen this match, I, this is definitely the one match that I would recommend for this show this past Sunday. Uh, it was absolutely insane. Um, Rumble Takahashi did retain his junior heavyweight title, but God, that match was insane. And then also we had John Moxley uh, retain and beat Minoru Suzuki in a fun match. Um, definitely lived up to my expectations of what the match was going to be, and I've said it already on this show that I prefer John Moxley in New Japan Pro Wrestling than I prefer him in AEW. Uh, the main event was Tetsuya Naito and Kenta for the IWGP uh, Intercontinental slash Heavyweight Championship. So this is the double championship match. Really, really good stuff. Uh, Naito ended up retaining uh, with Destino, so that was a fun uh, match. And overall, man, the new beginning show in, uh, in Osaka was really, really good for top to bottom. So I totally uh, recommend that for anybody who hasn't seen New Japan Pro Wrestling. One thing I forgot to mention, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. attacked John Moxley after his match with uh, Minoru Suzuki. So it looks like Zack Sabre Jr. will be the next opponent for John Moxley in the IWGP U.S. Heavyweight Championship. So uh, that's really quick on the New Japan tip. Let's also talk about what happened on NWA Power this week. Um, we saw the debut of the Bouncers. Um, 
it was kind of cool to uh, transcribe a Brian Malonis match for the first time. So that was my first time uh, gets transcribed one of his matches because I don't cover Ring of Honor weekly. But um, this first time I saw Beer, Beer City Bruiser since uh, that triple threat match he had with, uh, what, what was it? It was Beer City Bruiser, Dalton Castle, and... I think it was Brett or something like that in a triple threat match. It was absolute barn burner a couple years ago on a on a rising show. But um, anyway, uh, the Dawsons took on the Bouncers. Uh, the Bouncers ended up beating the Dawsons, so that was a fun match. Um, we had Joe Galley interviewed uh, Todd Latimer and Camille. That was pretty funny. I thought Tim Storm and uh, Todd Latimer had a pretty solid match. Uh, they keep bringing up this fake um, Mama Storm. Uh, it's Sal Renaro. It's kind of playing like the decoy guy in Strictly Business, so I thought that was okay. Um, Dave Marquez interviewed Trevor Murdoch. Uh, let's hear some comments from Trevor Murdoch really quick, actually. Here you go. I know you're not happy about last week, Aaron Stevens, the whole bit. What's going on? I've never met somebody who runs so much in my life. Aaron Stevens, you ran from Steiner. You ran from me. Hell, when he won the title, he was hiding behind the damn Christmas tree. I want a rematch. Wouldn't you want a rematch, Dave? I would want a rematch for sure. You're damn right. That title deserves a fighting champion. You deserve a fighting champion. Broken is a good thing, son, for NWA Power. But nothing beats into the fire, damn it. Oh, man. Um, we found out that uh, Marty Skull and Nick Gauls will indeed go down in the Crockett Cup. Um, they said that uh, Nick, obviously Nick Gauls' world title will be out of line, but also if um, if Marty Skull loses, you'll have to write out a check for 500 thousand dollars that's a lot of money ricky starks retained the nwa world television title over matt cross in a pretty solid match uh we saw a nice uh conversation that went down with uh marty bell and allison k i was pointing this out on twitter the other day while i was transcribing power you know the really good thing about nwa power is the fact that it is a hub for the talents to get their characters over by talking to the podium whether they're talking to uh kyle davis whether they're talking to dave marquez whether they're talking to joe galley no matter who's at the podium asking the questions these characters are getting over and they're having the chance to speak and i thought this was a really good segment with marty bell and allison k 
Um, at first, I wasn't really the biggest Allison K fan. I, I I won't lie, I wasn't a fan of her in Impact. I know she's a good wrestler, but I think over the last couple years, and then I think with this run in NWA, I've become more appreciative of what she does. And now I am a big Allison K fan, so it's nice to see that. Uh, we had Melina defeat Tasha Steeles, and for anybody that wants to question Melina's work in 2020 and whether she still got it or not. I don't know what you're watching because this girl is on fire in every sense of the word. Check out this promo. Here we go. You wanted me to prove myself? I am the living legend. I shouldn't have to prove myself to anybody. I prove it over and over again every time I walk into an arena. Every time I step into a ring. I show the world what I am capable of. And I proved it. What more do I need to do? But you know what? Now, next week, Melina versus Thunder Rosa for the title. Wait a minute. Who approved this? Did the National Wrestling Alliance approve this? I approved it. It's sanctioned by Melina. Are you going to tell Melina that she's not allowed to sanction something? (laughs) That's awesome. Um... Finally, we had the main event. It was Strictly Business taking on the Rock and Roll Express. Nick Aldis and Royce Isaacs find a way to defeat uh, the Rock and Roll Express to pick up the victory there. And that was a fun, fun episode of NW Power. I plead to you guys to make sure to subscribe to the NWA on YouTube because they got some really, really good content. I love NW Power. It's probably my favorite non-WWE brand right now. And it's awesome. I I love the NWA. I'm not lying when I say, besides probably New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, NWA is my favorite non-WWE uh, promotion right now. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun to cover each and every single week. So, uh, finally, before we get to this mock uh, WrestleMania match card and all the fun stuff there. We got to talk about what went down last night on the Wednesday Night Wars, shall we? There's a single water. Hopefully I'm not boring you guys. <laughs> uh, you know, after you would think after doing this show for seven plus years, it'd be like, hey, man. You got to give your throat a break sometimes, right? <laughs> Nobody wants to hear me talk by myself for excessive long periods of time, but hopefully I, I'm not, I hope you guys have been enjoying the show so far. So, anyways, um, let me pull this up really quick. Um, Wednesday Night Wars last night, we'll start off with NXT because um, we got to make predictions for NXT TakeOver uh, Portland. Um, so last night was a preview show for, uh, TakeOver Portland and, um, show start off with Roderick Strong. You know, he has issues with the fact that Velveteen Dream put his family on his pants. Um, they're going to have a match next week, which is going to be absolutely insane. Uh, this led into a match with Bronson Reed, which I wasn't expecting, to be as long as it was, but it was a really good match. I wasn't concerned about the wrestling in it. It was a clash of styles, and I thought these two matched pretty well with each other, but um, um, I thought it was a very, very good match with Bronson Reed and Roderick Strong. And then we heard comments from the Velveteen Dream after this match. Here you go. 
what if someone took something from you? Yeah. I mean, you may have lost the NXT North American Championship. That's all well and fine. But you still have a family, Roger Strong. You have a wife. And you have a little boy. Hi, Troy. What if something happened to you? Doesn't matter. Because I can promise you, Roger Strong, that if anything ever happened to you, someone, somewhere, would fulfill all of Morena's dreams. Oh boy, that's gonna be interesting. We're gonna have a Donnie Brooke. We're gonna have a Donnie Brooke with two former guests of this particular show right here. <laughs> Speaking of funny stuff from uh, NXT last night, I really enjoyed the vignettes that uh, Pete Dunn uh, did with uh, Matt Riddle. Uh, if you guys didn't watch NXT last night, it was some pretty funny stuff. They're in all different places trying to bring their trophy and the Suns all the way down to Portland. It was some really good stuff. So I enjoyed the dynamic with Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle. I watched these vignettes with them, and I, I'm just imagining how good their match is going to be, whether who's going to turn on who. I don't know, but it, it should be a fun match between Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne down the road. Uh, Candice Ray took on Dakota Kai. I like the fact that Candice Ray's getting more opportunities to be on television every single week because I like watching her perform. So it's nice to see out there. This is a preview match for Dakota's uh, street fight with Tegan Knox on Sunday. Uh, we had Johnny Gargano have a barn burner with Cameron Grimes. That was a good match. Gargano made Grimes tap out to the Gargano escape. Uh, next week on XC, we'll have the return of Chelsea Green. She'll be looking to give her revenge on losing to Caden Carter on her first outing. Um, also, we had Leo Rush against Angel Garza. The winner will become a number one contender for the Cruiserweight title. Uh, Leo Rush defeated Angel Garza. Very fun, competitive back and forth match. Uh, Leo Rush will be taking on Jordan Devlin next week for the Cruiserweight title. Uh, that should be a fun match. I'm looking forward to that. One really good thing from NXT last night that I really, really liked was Mark Henry previewing the Keith Lee-Dominic Dijakovic match at uh, NXT TakeOver Portland. That's going to be an absolutely insane match. And it was nice to get some insights from Mark Henry, one of the greatest big men in the history of the professional wrestling business. And, um... It was really nice to see him be part of the show, so I thought that was really good. Uh, Bianca Belair sent a message to Rhea Ripley, dropping her with the KOD. Uh, Rhea Ripley's obviously not paying enough attention to the EST as she's fixing with Charlotte Flair, so uh, th- that adds an interesting dynamic going into their women's uh, title match on Sunday at Portland. And then um, the funny part, uh, <laughs> which ended with uh, Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle, they found a way to sneak into Triple H's jet. I thought that was hilarious. So, <laughs> uh, I, th- I thought that was pretty funny. Um, they had the main event. It was Adam Cole against Kushida in a very, very good competitive match. Uh, Adam Cole won via the last shot. Um, we had a stare down with Tommaso Ciampa and Adam Cole to close the show. So let's make some predictions for um, TakeOver uh, Portland as I'm speaking to you right now. Um, I have 
Dakota Kai defeating Tegan Knox in the street fight. I have Rhea Ripley retaining her NXT Women's Championship. I have Keith Lee retaining against Dominic Dijakovic, but that should be a barn burner. Speaking of barn burners, I have Johnny Gargano defeating... No, actually, I have Finn Balor defeating Johnny Gargano. Um, I have Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne defeating the Undisputed Era for the NXT Tag Team titles. And I have Adam Cole retaining over Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT Championship. So... There's six matches on this card for TakeOver Portland. Uh, this could be a fun event coming up on Sunday. I'm looking forward to covering that event live on ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. So make sure to check out the article for that. And that should be a fun, fun show to watch. So overall, solid episode for XE and uh, did enough to build up for this uh, Sunday's TakeOver event. So I thought that was a pretty good episode. And then um, AEW last night from Austin, Texas. I... I Here's my prevailing thought from last night because everybody likes to have prevailing thoughts and compare which show is better to the, to the other show. Here's my thoughts. I thought both shows really delivered last night. It was one of the weeks where it was just a really good night of wrestling for both shows, which was usually the case uh, through through the Wednesday nights. Uh, but I just thought last night really hit. It really resonated with me with both shows. I thought both shows were really good from top to bottom. And I thought Dynamite was really good as well. It started off with Hangman Page and Kerry Omega putting their AEW World Tag Team titles on the line against SCU. Omega and Page retained the match. We're still getting uh, more cryptic messages and signals from the Dark Order. We had this massive pull-apart brawl. Leading up to this tag team battle world that's taking the place in Atlanta next week. Uh, AEW has a very big show in Atlanta next week in the State Farm Arena. So uh, we'll see how the attendance goes out and the layout for that particular event. So, but that should be uh, very, very interesting. Um, what I liked about AEW this week was the fact that they um, they had good vignettes that tied into the character development of the shows. So um, Darby Allen. Basically, challenged Sammy Gravard to the match at AEW Revolution, right? But not only did he challenge him to the match, he did it by basically mocking Sammy Gravara without even saying a word. And I thought that was really good. Uh, speaking of character development, uh, Jim Ross having a sit down interview with Santana, I thought that was really good. I think AW could benefit from having JR or Tony Schiavone having those pre-recorded sit-down interviews. You don't have to do it every single week, but you can do it once or twice a month. Um, you know, you're building up to a, maybe a bigger match on a, t- a particular episode, or you're building up a pay-per-view match down the road. You could use those guys in that platform, and I thought um, the interview with Jim Ross and Santana was really, really good. Um Dustin Rhodes defeated uh, Sammy Guevara. He gets a win after Sammy Guevara defeated him uh, on the New Year's show in Jacksonville. Britt Baker, again, doing her uh, thing on AEW Dynamite. I love that chick. She's hilarious. <laughs> I it, it, It's hard to, for me to take her seriously because she reminds me so much of my big sister. I, I just crack up every time I hear her talk, so it was really cool to see Britt Baker. Congratulations to Nia Rose to becoming the brand new AEW Women's World Champion. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, no, I was thinking about this last night as the match was going on. These two really had a good match. 
it, it was really good. I, I, I've had my complaints about the AEW's women's division and Riho at a times, but I thought this was a really, really good match. So happy for Nyla Rose. That was a really good match. And then we had another good match on uh, AEW. Uh, it was MJF versus Jungle Boy. Now, last week when I was talking about lack of identity and lack of good match pairings, this is what I'm talking about from a positive point of view. You want to have matches that stand out and bring Dynamite to another level as far as a reputation a reputation, and just overall flow of the show. These are the type of matches that you should have on television every week. A, a young talent going against each other and showcasing what AEW is instead of focusing on trying to not be what WWE is not and worrying about that so much. Here's our talent. This is AEW. Take it or leave it. That should be the approach. So, uh, MJF and Jungle Boy had a really, really good match. Brandy Rhodes was on commentary. This is leading up to the big Cody Rhodes uh, World War Steel Cage match next week on Dynamite. So, um, for those wondering, here's the matches for the show next week. We got Wardlow against Cody Rhodes. We had the Tag Team Battle Royal. The winners will have a chance to fight uh, Omega and Paige at AEW Revolution for the tag team titles. Speaking of Paige and Omega, they'll put their tag team titles out of line against the Lucha Brothers. And then finally, we have jo- uh, John Moxley against Jeff Cobb. And um, I'm really happy for Jeff Cobb. I think this is a little critique. I don't know if you want to call it nitpicking or whatever, but Jericho's premise is that he found a bounty hunter. A guy that would take out John Moxley before their match at AEW Revolution. John Moxley made quick word of Jeff Cobb in the G1. <laughs> I know it happened in New Japan, but if, if let's say um, Jericho brought in Matanza, right? I don't know who owns the intellectual property for uh, Lucha Underground, but somebody needs to get into that uh, library, that just IP and stuff, because. Ricochet needs Prince Puma. Jeff Cobb needs Matanza. I need more of my Lucha Underground characters back, okay, damn it? And please, for the love of God, can some wrestling company sign Katrina? For the love of God. Alright, rant over. But um, I am happy for Jeff Cobb. He's a really good wrestler. I'm excited for him that he gets a chance to be in AEW, and John Moxley and Jeff Cobb will have a really, really good match on Dynamite next week, so that should be a lot of fun. All right, one final thing before we head out for uh, this week's edition of the Who's Podcast. I promised you guys I was going to give you a mock list of matches, I think, that will take place in Tampa for WrestleMania, okay? So... These are solely my opinions. You can have your opinions too. I'm going to write this down actually so, I, I, um, so I'm consistent with it. We'll start off with the kickoff matches, okay? Just one second. Uh, 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 uh. The first one on our list will be Jordan Devlin versus... Uh, Tony Nese versus Leo Rush in a triple threat match for the Cruiserweight title. Okay? That's the first one. 
Raw Tag Team Titles. I got um, Raw Tag Team Champions now. Actually, I think I think um, I think Rollins and Murphy are going to lose the titles back to the Viking Raiders beforehand. So I'll go with the AOP versus the Viking Raiders on the kickoff show. That'll be my match there. That's the second one. All right. Third one. Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Fifth one. Women's Battle Royal. No, fourth one. Women's Battle Royal, actually. Or the, uh... <laughs> where, uh... Whoop. What was the one that came up with the moolah that didn't work out so well? Ah, that's another show for another time. <laughs> WrestleMania 36. Alright. I read this all down, which is... I'm typing this out as we're speaking, so this is kind of a cool process that you're getting right here. Um, we'll start off with the Intercontinental Championship. This could be a ladder match. Braun Strowman... Versus Mustafa Ali. Versus Nakamura. Um, versus, um, just one second. Elias. Yes. Versus King Corbin. I, I want to keep it to eight people for SmackDown. This is for the IC title, so that's how I'm, that's how I'm structuring this out. Uh, I put Cesaro in there, obviously since Shinsuke's in there as well. And then uh, we got one, two, three, four, five, six. We need two more. Um, I put Sheamus and Chad Gable in there. Okay, how about that? An eight eight man ladder match. Gable, Sheamus. Cesaro, King Corbin, Elias, Nakamura, Ali, and Braun Strowman. Okay. Booking with Joshi. <laughs> this is fun, right? <laughs> Match number two. Aleister Black versus Andrade. Cien Almas. Uh, 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 one second. Uh, let me rephrase that. I don't know. Here's the thing with Aleister Black. I don't know who he's gonna fight at WrestleMania. I, I obviously there could be a lot of multi-person matches throughout the show. That's usually the case with most WrestleManias. But you know what? Yeah, we'll do Andrade versus Aleister Black at WrestleMania. I, I'm I'm I think CM Punk mentioned that I'm backstage this week, so yeah, I can see that happening. Alistair Black, Andrade. You know, it's interesting. I saw this match in New Orleans uh, for the NXT title. That's where Alistair Black became the NXT champion. Um, that'd be cool to see that and witness again in um, Tampa. So Alistair Black in champion vote number two. Third match. This this won't be for the uh, SmackDown Tag Team titles. We'll go with. The New Day versus Miz and Morrison. Uh, just one second. Let me get that right there. 
Miz and Morrison versus um I'm trying to figure who's the other tag teams on SmackDown right now. Uh this is a good question, guys. Your boy's slipping here, man. I figured I would had this figured out already. <laughs> uh you know what? Oh, I, I I got it. Now I remember. We'll put Ziggler and Root, okay? We'll put the um Ziggler Root and the Usos, so this will be a four way match, okay? Now I don't have the concept. These are just principal matches that I think would, would happen on these shows, so um okay. Fourth one, Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley. I'll put that there. Uh, I think it's for to separate singles matches in between the multi-person matches or maybe big attraction matches because um, I think that's been a mistake in past WrestleMania cards. Um, so, uh, obviously, Miz and Morrison, that's a definitely a really good fatal four-way match for the tag titles. Uh, that would be a really good one. Uh, put Shark Flair and Rhea Ripley there. Uh, we, we got the U.S. and IC titles out of the way. Um, I'll look at the rest of the show. We got Kevin Owens against Seth Rollins. It could be something down the road. You know what, man? I, I I'm in this conundrum now because it could be Kevin Owens. What if they brought money in the bank back at WrestleMania? Nah, they can't do it because of the pay-per-view. Fuck. Um, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins, okay? I don't know if this could be hell in the cell or whatever, but um, we'll, we'll figure it out down the road. Um, sixth match, AJ Styles. Uh, uh, uh. Who would AJ Styles wrestle at WrestleMania this year? What about Joe? AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. And then we continue on throughout this card here with Roman Reigns against The Fiend. C. Correcto. Eight. Randy Orton versus Edge. I think there's going to be nine. Uh, I think there's going to be 11 matches on the show uh, for the main show, okay? Nine. John Cena versus Daniel Bryan. Okay. Ten. Um, we'll go with um, Becky versus Shayna. We'll put you know we'll put uh Bailey versus Naomi versus Sasha Banks versus Lacey Evans versus Alexa Bliss. Versus Carmella. Six-pack challenge at WrestleMania in the kickoff show. So I'll put that there for the ladies. Um, 
just in case I don't forget. And then uh, Becky Shayna. Then finally, Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre. Boom. There you go, guys. I have a mock WrestleMania card for you, good brothers and good sisters. So, here we go. I have 60 matches here. <laughs> we got Jordan Devlin against Tony Deese versus Leah Rush. We got AOP versus Viking Raiders. We got both the Andre Giant Memorial Battle Royal and the Women's Battle Royal. Bailey, Naomi, Sasha Banks, Lacey Evans, Alexa Bliss, and Carmel for the SmackDown Women's title. Braun Strowman versus Mustafa Ali, Nakamura, Elias, King Corbin, Cesaro, Sheamus, Chad Gable, and Ladder Match for the IC title. Andrade versus Aleister Black for the US title. New Day putting their SmackDown tag titles against The Miz, Morrison, Dolph Ziggler, Rob Root, and The Usos. Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins, AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe, Roman Reigns versus The Fiend, Randy Orton versus Edge, John Cena versus Daniel Bryan, uh, Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler, Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre. Also, AJ Styles can be easily switched to Triple H, so I'll put that as a side note, okay? Uh, and that's pretty much it, guys. That's my uh, mock match list for um, WrestleMania. So, here you go, guys. Pretty freaking cool. I don't know. We're about to wrap it up. I want to thank you guys so much for checking out episode 192 of the Who's Podcast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at the Who's Podcast. I'm on Instagram at JoshLopez94, at JoshLopezMusic as well on Instagram. Make sure to follow me all there, and I'll follow you back. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the channel. Uh, leave a four- or five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps expand the reach of the show. And um, I appreciate all your guys' support. Dawson Derko will be back next week, uh, so be on the lookout for that. Make sure to bookmark ProWrestlingTransfers.com. And lastly, for plugs, make sure to check me out on Hooded Lopez on Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday's podcast feed. And that's pretty much all I got to say about it. Uh, with that said, uh, I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Uh, maybe check out some XFL action. Um, and uh, hope you guys enjoy your weekend. I'll be back here next week for episode 193. And we're seven episodes away from reaching the 200 mark right here on the Hoops, Hoops Podcast. Remember, folks, be the authentic product that is yourself. I love you guys. Thank you guys so much for your support. Be you. And we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>